And we're live, Off-Road Garage Podcast. I'm Jason. With me, as always, my good buddy, Jim. What's up, world? Via Facebook Messenger this time. Via Facebook Messenger, because we're practicing the... Social distancing, yeah. Yeah, social distancing. Tonight with us, we have Heather and Dan, owner, operators of uh, Great Event in Great City, Michigan, up at Drummond Island, Jeep End. Hey, guys. This is Dan. I'm Heather. So happy to be here. It is awkward. We have everyone via messenger tonight, but it's a little weird. I'm just staring at your guys' Facebook icons and that's about it. Yeah, same. <laughs> at least you have icons. Mine just says your camera is off. <laughs> <laughs> so um while we get started, why don't you guys tell us about Jeep End? Like how did it all get started, when it is, what do you gotta do to join? Sure. So uh Jeep End is a weekend um, of off-roading and wheeling on Drummond Island. We started it with the intent of mostly being a gathering for people who love Jeeps. We wanted to build a community. Um, we wanted to create this environment uh, which Jeep enthusiasts of pretty much any experience level could show up, hang out, meet each other, and then share the challenge of off-roading on Michigan's gem of Drummond Island. Yeah, absolutely. Um, go ahead. No, I was I was agreeing with you. I, I agree. It's a, it's an awesome place. <laughs> um, so basically, it's every usually the last weekend of July. This is actually going to be the first summer that we change the date to the second to last weekend in July. We started selling tickets probably we've ranged anywhere from early February to late April. So yeah, um, buy tickets, show up, have a good time. Sounds pretty straightforward. Anything to add, Heather? Um, yeah, no, we started in 2015. Uh, Dan was actually out at college, and I was down state here. And when he came home for the summer, he came to me and he said, I've been in touch with Turtle Ridge Off-Road Park, and I've got this idea, and I really need help making it happen. And he had already halfway planned it, and that's where it grew from. That's when I joined on, and now we're heading into year six here. Awesome. It's, it's weird. Um, <laughs> it's a little weird, but it's been that long already. We had actually, you know, started trying to do an event before Jeep, and um, I remember it was, I think it was 2014, the winter of, we... Actually, the spring of 2015, we tried getting a group of people to go to Rocks and Valleys, and we had probably about 10, 10 people show up. Oh, okay. I like yeah, Rocks and Valleys. Good time. With the power of social media, though, it's a little bit easier now to get the word out and start marketing it earlier and earlier and showing the photos of the good time and all that stuff, so that's probably helping a lot. Oh, yeah, has been incredible, especially Instagram. Um, that actually has done more for us than Facebook has. But um, we, our very first year, we had about 33 people who believed in us, I guess. <laughs> um, as, you know, a brand new event, and they chose to come along, and we received nothing but positive feedback and a whole lot of constructive criticism. And since that first year, we've been sold out. That's awesome. That's, that's awesome. Really how, do they, how do they find you on Instagram? What's your what's your handle? At Jeepend. Easy enough to remember. Yep. <laughs> it's funny you say that, though, about social media, because like Heather mentioned, our first year we had only 33 people, which I think was about 19 Jeeps. Um, and then 2016, we grew by about 10 Jeeps and then just our following on both Facebook and Instagram grew. And so when 2017 came around, we sold out within, I think it was two days. Awesome. Yeah, it was, I remember that was my first year I didn't go in and it was, I was like, woo, I got in. And that was like what drew me to is like kind of like the family friendly event, the pre-planned, the organized, 
you know, the, the guided tours, maybe, you know, because I was trying to integrate the family, and that was probably the best, in my mind, the best setup, and I, I still to this day think it is. That's awesome, because that's been one of our goals, is to make this as family-friendly as possible. Yeah, and I, you know, like I said, having it all organized, it was like one less, like for an off-road guy, you know, that's what, like so many things I don't have to think about now. I can just work on making sure the family's happy. So it, it ended up being really good. Everyone liked it. Yeah, really the only thing you have to do is figure out where you want to sleep at night. Um, otherwise, we're providing the food. The trail rides are um, guided, and we split into groups. So if you're uncomfortable, if you're brand new, if you've got that stock Jeep and you're not quite ready to break it in, we've got a group for you. If you're ready to go find the deepest mud pit you can and get stuck, We've got the group for you, so that's you know really what we're trying to do there is make it for everyone. Yeah, and I think you guys accomplished that very well. Thank you. Yeah, pretty much all the trails on Drummond Island are going to be accessible by any stock Jeep. We actually, had, I believe it was 2018, had a Renegade Trail Hog go through Connors Hole, which if you don't know what Connors Hole is, is basically you drive through a lake. Yeah. Oh, you got water coming up past your doors. <laughs> yeah, it's depending on the year. It could be a, a really big lake or still less of a lake, but still a lake. Well, that's awesome. I'm glad, I'm glad that you're including everybody because, you know, you see runs that are, you know, I'm on 37s and if I get stuck with a bunch of 29s, I still have a good time because the people are awesome, but there's no challenge. And vice versa, if you're on 29s, you're getting drugged through the woods by a bunch of guys on 37s and 40s, it can make for a really long day. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. yeah that you have um, a, the, the first day, Saturday, you spend the whole day on a guided trail run on state land doing trails. The second day on Sunday, you have the whole day if you want to explore um, a gorgeous off-road park up there. It's actually part nature preserve. It's called Turtle Ridge Off-Road Park. Um, they open up to our group, and there's just so much to do in there. Um, you can get lost. I'm pretty sure Dan did, although I think he'll deny it. <laughs> oh no, we definitely got lost. We were in there for an extra four hours. Oh yeah, that's not much lost to me. Thankfully, we had a, a GPS and a group of people that were, you know, willing and able to work on their own vehicles. That was actually uh, time my buddy Rob Fallis he tore his valve stem off in a mud pit, and we had to change his 40-inch tire about two feet of mud. That's a good time. It's definitely a good time. Because obviously, you know, you go in and you get stuck, and it's the one time your winch doesn't work. It was one of the, one of those one of those days when everything nothing went right. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. But the stories are epic. What's really what matters in the long run. <laughs> oh yeah. Absolutely. Stories for days. Yeah. Well, Jason, you've been to this event, right? What did you yeah, think? Twice. I mean, you went, twice. Okay, let's well, do something. You went back, so yeah. they're doing something, right? Absolutely. We, no. we bribed them. Yeah, yeah. basically. No. <laughs> Not all. No, I gladly went back two years. I unfortunately couldn't make it the third year in a row, uh, which has been last year, I believe. But uh, you know, a two-year it's it's a great event. Um, very well organized. Very run. Like I said, you, it's just so much less you have to worry about because, like Heather said, you know the meals are planned, the trail runs are planned. It's just basically show up at this time and be ready. And I did. And yeah, it worked out great. A lot, there's a lot of photo ops. You stop quite often at the scenic parts, and I thought it was really good, really well run. And that's the cool thing about like where you're at, trying to get three girls and a wife to be involved. Yes. You know, if it's if it's for me when I go out, if I get lost, yeah, it's just on me. You've got four passengers that aren't having fun. It makes for a lot worse day. Ooh, yeah, that can get ugly quick. Yeah, the first year I took the whole family. Second year, I believe it was just me and my youngest, and she had a, okay. a blast because 
it was all about her at that point, you know? Same, right. same kind of thing. I didn't have to worry about making sure we had food for everybody and making sure she had everything she needed. It was just, well, let's hop in the Jeep. We're going to meet here in the morning, and uh, I know what time we're going to have lunch. I know what we're going to have for lunch. And then, you know, she was able to just enjoy sitting in the front seat instead of bouncing around in the back with a couple sisters. Yeah, your biggest worry there was snacks. Yeah, and it was covered. Nice. So, oh, cool. It's not, a great event. it's not a great idea, a great event. And also, you said it's the gem of Michigan, something not everybody gets to see. Yeah, if you haven't been to Drum Island before, you, you gotta go. <laughs> it's beautiful. Not to mention, you can get a Jeep badge of honor while you're up there. There you go. Jim, you, have you got yours yet? I never sent in for it. It's, it's saved in my badge of honor app, but I keep it needs to put my VIN number in, and I keep forgetting to get the VIN number. No. Put it in, send it in. That's exactly where uh, I left off in that process. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I gotta go outside, so I'll wait. And every time I'm outside, I forget about it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but we've got friends, you know, Wheel of California a lot. They're actually California residents. We've got friends in Texas, and none of them have to take a ferry to go wheeling. And something about that to me just adds a little. I know it's only a you know ten minute ferry ride, but it adds a little bit of adventure, like crossing the bridge and then getting on a ferry makes it seem all the cooler to me. It really does. And I will never forget my first ferry crossing, which was for the first <laughs> The guys that run that ferry too are they're incredibly talented. It's pretty amazing when you get on the ferry and they load you in 15 minutes and they're they're full power trying to get to the other side because there's a, another freighter that's about to cross and you know you're cutting right in front of the freighter and you're just looking to your left like wow in about five <laughs> minutes that could be on top of us. Right, it's crazy. Yeah. Plane chicken out there. And uh, when we came back in October, my my first time wheeling in Drone Island this year in October. So I've been wheeling for 20 years, 30 years in Michigan. My first time was October, and we came back in a storm, and it was rocking and rolling, and it was definitely a good time. You hear the tires squeaking on the deck, even though you're in park. So, yeah. I think 2019 was the first year we didn't get a storm during the weekend that we were up there. Okay. Um, the first year, we got a massive wind and rainstorm, which had produced quite a few tornadoes downstate, but on the island, thankfully, it was just wind and rain. Um, and that's actually... As we were lining up outside the gas station, getting ready to head out on to the trail. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I remember that. I had my, my top, or actually my freedom panels out and the top off. And I remember I had subs in the back and they were facing up and there was just water by four inches in them. Nice. <laughs> yep, I was sitting in the back of Daniel's Jeep and realized that I needed to find someone with a roof because I had my camera. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the things that first Jeep and, you know, I, I really realized what we were doing because when I jumped out of Daniel's vehicle, I went to the vehicle directly behind him, knocked on the window and said, hey, stranger, can I ride with you? And that guy is still one of my best friends today. Being able to hop into a random vehicle and say, hey, we're friends now. And, and you really were. You know, everyone that attends, I don't know how we get so lucky, but we have the greatest people attend. Um, and we look forward to seeing them again year after year. Well, if that yeah, second rig was a regular Jeeper, though, I saw you get out with the camera and went, yeah, if she rides with me, I'm going to get lots of flicks in my rig. This will be cool. <laughs> That's what that was all about. Truth comes out. Do it for the ground. <laughs> That's a really good point, though. We've made, we've made quite a bit of friends by doing this and Jason being one of them. So yeah. it's, it's been a good time. Awesome. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, hopefully it's going to be great. Well, I mean, you guys even got like the hardcore have the OG, right? It's been with you since the beginning kind of people, haven't you? I mean, I've seen, I see the page and I see it's like the same people every year. Like, oh, I'm in, I'm in. I'm like, wow, that's impressive. And it's like, 
every year they look forward to it and dedicate their that weekend. We do have a subset of people that return every year. There are people that make it happen. They're our fan base, and we thank them very much. Yeah, that's yeah, a lot. You know, we can even reach out to them and say, hey, we've got this idea. What do you guys think? Because they've been there, they know, and we can trust them to give us real honest feedback, and that's just an incredible thing to have. Oh, I think the best feedback that we've ever gotten for the event was after 2016, our second year, where people said, you got to get rid of the porta potties because we were actually camping at Turtle Ridge Off Road Park. We got special permission from them to set up and actually camp in one of the main fields that is there. And the only bathrooms we had was porta potties. Uh, <laughs> no porta potties on a trailer. Oh, oh okay. All right. That's not cool. <laughs> the biggest complaint was get real bathrooms. And so in 2017, we contacted the Trailhead Bar and Restaurant, Missy, and set up the, doing camping there. They were going to cater all the food because 2015, 2016, our first two years, I had a buddy of mine from college who was in the culinary arts program who came out and actually cooked all of our meals for us and for all of our attendees. And so we were cooking it on site. On site. Was you know, good time. With borrowed grills. I mean, I think our, our neighbor and, you know, a good family friend all just loaned us coolers and grills and we rented a trailer to get all the food up there. Um, <laughs> and now it's all catered. So we've come a long way with that. Yeah, it seems like we And we have bathrooms. And showers. You also have showers. Yeah, showers. <laughs> That's a big upgrade when you are uh, tenting it. I, I can speak from experience on that. So when does 2020 sales start? So 2020 sales are going to actually start this Thursday at 6 p.m. for our returners. They're going to receive an email with how to register their account and then proceed with buying tickets. Okay. Um, and then Friday we will open it up to the public. Unfortunately, due to what is going on in our nation and around the world, we are going to be only requesting a down payment to hold your spot. And then in mid-May, we're going to reevaluate to make sure that it's still going to be safe for us to host the event. And if it is, we will contact the individuals in the order that we get their registrations um, to finalize their payment and actually be signed up for GPIN. Oh, that's yeah, nice. It's illegal and all that good stuff. It's been pretty chaotic. Oh, I bet. Having to basically redo your whole system kind of thing, I bet it's <laughs> yeah. not fun at all. Oh. But we want to make sure that everyone's safe and, you know, yeah. if we have to cancel or postpone, I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. Um, our relationship with everyone is just great. So if we have to postpone, we can find days later, maybe October, to make it happen. Very cool. Very yeah, cool. it's very forward thing thinking and getting that all set up ahead of time. Yep. So essentially it'll be a wait list with just a small down payment to reserve your spot. Right. And then hopefully that'll, we want to make sure that, you know, everyone can focus on now and not have to worry about July right now because now is important. Right. <laughs> right. For sure. So the other thing I wanted to touch on is Dan's Jeep because your JK is a little uh, above ordinary. A lot of people say it's not a Jeep anymore, but... What? It's, it's, I, it's almost the original kind of Gladiator. They might have based the Gladiator off yours. Not really. I'm just kidding. I like to think that they did, but... <laughs> so why don't, you, uh, why don't you tell everyone about about your JK there, since it's a little different. So should I just walk through the history of it, or just start with what Yeah, yeah, right that's now? fine. No, go ahead. Go take, <laughs> take us through the evolution. So picked it up in 2014 it was the spring break of my senior year of high school 
had the lift kit already bought before we even got the Jeep because obviously if you're going to get a Jeep, you're going to lift it. So I had a two and three quarter inch lift from Terraflex 35, 35-inch Duratrax, which if they made them in t- a tire size bigger than 37, I would still be running them to this day. So yeah, it started out that, and then a few years later, I said the 35s aren't cutting it, and I bumped it up to 40-inch uh, Toyo Open Countries, and I think the lift went up to 6 inches then too. And then I had this crazy idea. Actually, I remember this. I was at college still, just saw the rattle trap, which if you don't know what the rattle trap is, it's a stretched four-door JKU with a pickup bed, essentially, and it's a diesel with a smokestack. So I saw that and I said, you know, I've never seen one of those in Michigan before, so why not? So I called my dad and we were talking about it. He thought I was crazy. He was definitely against it, I know. He'll never admit it, but he was definitely against doing it. And we find, I finally convinced him to say, yeah, so I'll help you in doing this. And so I remember we were ordering the parts and I was still at school in Marquette. I was at uh, Northern Michigan University and I was <laughs> hiking at the time when he called me and we were, I was standing on Sugarloaf and Marquette and he said, are you sure you want to do this? And I'm like, yeah, let's order it. And so we ordered all the, the parts for the, the diesel swap. So yeah, it's got a 4BT, a Cummins 4BT, 3.9 liter in it. It's sitting on 45s now. It was on 40s. Oh. Um, <laughs> one ton axles, Chevy 14 volt rear. It's got the Dana 60 front. It's a, I believe it's a 2004 uh, Super Duty okay. that came out of. Yep. And... Yeah, that was the diesel swap. So that was 2017, I think. I don't even remember anymore. It could have been 2017 because I know I saw it in like 2017, 2018, baby. Because it drew my attention because all of a sudden there's a giant one-ton swap JK making a uh, turbo diesel Kenworth sound. (laughs) Really catches your attention. (laughs) Yeah, just the turbo alone uh, is awesome. Yeah, um... And so I believe that was 2017, and so 2018 was just more cleaning it up, making sure everything was running right, and then 2019 came around. 2018 is when he told me he was done. Okay. Well, he wanted, so. Yeah. Then 2019 came around, and I had this other brilliant idea. Um I don't know if brilliant's the right word for it, but uh, adventurous, I guess. It, it turned out well, so I guess it was kind of genius. I think the the more accurate term would be expensive. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyways, um, still going back to the router trap. I really liked what they did uh, with that, and so I wanted to do something similar, but I wanted to make it unique. Um, you know, obviously I wanted to make it my own, and so I started thinking about what I wanted to do because I wanted the pickup bed. I wanted the smokestack. Those were my two requirements. <laughs> and so to, to make it unique, I, I messaged my good friend, Chris Hatter. He's a fabricator. And I was like, what do you think it would take to make a pickup bed for my Jeep that resembled like a 1950s Jeep pickup truck? And obviously <laughs> within an hour, I had designs coming my way and thought process behind it and structure and everything and i was like well if you think we can do it let's do it and so my dad and i that summer started stripping down the jeep we we cut the hard top both down the center and then cut the the back portion that would be where the the back like the trunk would be essentially of the jeep okay. to make it um 
a little bit smaller and then we brought it forward to come it's hard to describe this really but we brought it forward behind the back seats so it kind of capped off the cab and then added 24 inches of frame that we added and so we pushed the axle the rear axle back about two feet and then this was the, the time where I decided, well, if we're doing this, why not go bigger? And so did the 45-inch tires, Super Swampers from uh, Interco. Did Fox factory two-and-a-half-inch um, coilovers in the rear, which, in my opinion, gives it a really mean look. I can't wait to do the front, but yeah, my girlfriend said that this summer we need to actually go wheeling rather than spend it in the barn. <laughs> Crazy. <Yeah. laughs> You'll use it instead of you know, building it, right? Right. And so after we got the axle pushed back and the the actual frame stretched and I was able to get it on a trailer, I brought it over to Chris Hatters, who, bless his soul, we spent three and a half days straight after the 4th of July working on this thing. And he built the corner panels for the back of the cab and then built the entire bed um, and helped me get it mounted using rubber bushings. Um he built me the most badass tailgate, drop-down tailgate for it that has the Jeep's name, Daisy, written on the back with raised metal letters. Yeah, it's, I've seen pictures. I've yet to see it in person. I'm hoping to change that soon, Dan. But, yeah, it looks awesome. And I, to speak, I also know Chris, and he is an amazing fabricator. Oh, it was it was honestly the, the craziest thing to watch him build this because – at his shop, he's got the, the plasma cutter and then a 60-inch press brake. And he was just quickly by hand, like just on the fly designing things in his CAD program, cutting it out with the plasma and then running over the brake and just bending it exactly <laughs> how he imagined it in his head. And it was crazy. Oh, and it Very looks – Very talented. The, the pictures of it uh, are awesome. I, you get What's uh, the handle on Instagram? People can check that out. Uh, it's at – Snowmaker underscore JK. Uh, the maker's MKR. So, yeah, I've been definitely. thinking about making its own Facebook page or Instagram page, but honestly, I'm too lazy for that. So Right. <laughs> I know how that goes. I monitor four of them. It could be, be rough. Keeps you busy. Keeps you out of trouble. Something, yeah. It's true. So what was the unforeseen expense with adding a pickup bed? Because I got, there's got to be something. Um, Besides, Probably just the, the unknown was the the most expensive and time-consuming part because my dad and I, we knew what we wanted to do. Okay. And we started cutting and just said, we'll figure it out as we go. <laughs> That's how they usually go. And mm-hmm. so, like, with the hard top, you know, shortening it. Yeah. <laughs> so, with the hard top shortening it, we kind of just figured, like, oh, if we cut it here and here and then just bring it up, it'll be just fine. Well, no. When we brought it up, it was actually wider than the cab. So, that's when we had to cut it down the center and stretch it a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was... It was quite the process, but it turned out pretty good, I think. Nice. And you guys, you relocated the fuel cell also, right? Or the fuel tank? Yeah, that was one of the um, the more important things, I guess, with the whole process. Because when we actually did the diesel swap originally, we reused the stock JKU gas tank. We just dropped it, cleaned it, and then ran our own plumbing for it. Didn't really like how much space it took up underneath, because that's where I wanted to route my exhaust. So... 
ended up giving the fuel cell, mounting it in the pickup bed, and then rerunning the plumbing all the way up to the front, which I think works better because it's higher up, so the mechanical pump can suck it down better than where it was at. But gotcha. do you need to get a new check valve for it, though, because if I'm on a steep incline, I'll pour out diesel. Oh, <laughs> Little things, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those minor things you got to catch up on. <laughs> I just like how it sounds, kind of like, yeah, I'm gonna do this, and all of a sudden it's happening. Pretty much. Once you do that first cut, you're committed. Right? Yeah, <laughs> especially into the top. Oh. Yeah. So, how do you? What's your thoughts on the four BT swap in a JK? Like, how'd that all go? Um, the swap itself was actually pretty pretty straightforward. There's so much room underneath the hood that. When we were dropping the engine in just to test fit it, we were like, wow, we just need to move a few things and there's plenty of room. So it worked out good. Um, as far as I actually daily drive it for two years after we did the swap while I was in Marquette. So I was driving it from Clarkston to Marquette six times a year. And that's about 422 miles one way. Um, it did great on the freeway. I mean, I could do 75, no problem, and I was pushing probably close to 26 miles per gallon, which is a major improvement from the 13 I was getting. Yeah, I'd agree with that. <laughs> Especially in 40s, that's really good. Yeah, the only problem was when we dropped, you know, the transmission, we put the new engine in and mounted up the new transmission to it, we stripped out all of the heat shielding. Uh, so it gets extremely hot on the inside. <laughs> Okay. Not to mention your computer's gone and you have no AC. <laughs> yeah, I mean, AC was, it was probably going to be like an extra two grand to install AC again. And I was just like, it's not worth it. So there's been quite a few trips where I'll bring the 12 volt inverter and a box fan with me. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. But overall, I mean, the diesel swap's great. A lot of people don't like it because they like the power or the speed. They like to go fast, so they stick to the LS or the Hemi, which, I mean, I would love to have an LS swap Jeep too. But as far as the low-end torque that I get, it's been game-changer for rock climbing. What uh, what transmission and transfer case uh, did you do with the with the 4BT? Oh, you're going to make me think. Um, it was the... NV4500 was the transmission. Okay. And we had to get an adapter to the 4BT from, I can't even think of the company that made it. Um, I know there's then, a lot out there. Yeah. <laughs> and then the transfer case was the MP242DHD. And so both that transmission and T case is what would come out of like a Dodge 3500 diesel. Oh, nice. Okay. So going back to. A lot of people say it's not a Jeep or it is a Jeep because it's got the Chevy rear axle, Ford front axle, Dodge transmission, and uh, T-case, and then the Cummins 4VT, which would mostly be in the Dodges. Yeah, I mean, it's all there. <laughs> it's got the Jeep cab. Yeah, it's... it's the Jeep grill. Yeah, that's true. It's no... It's gained a lot of nicknames over time, too. Bread truck, home tractor... I think someone called it an Amish buggy once. Um, Amish buggy, nice. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and a friend of ours, um, they found a, a, a triangles to go on the back, so that was on there for a while. Like the slow moving farm thing, the orange triangle. Yeah, the tractor oh, triangle. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> the bread truck's probably my favorite, though. Our good friend Nate Smith from. JKS likes to yep. call it that. Yeah, yeah, Nate's Nate's another good another good guy. Yeah. 
that's funny. Yeah, it's uh, it when you hear that thing coming, it definitely turns heads a little bit. Not used to hearing like, oh, there's a there's a Kenworth coming. Oh no, it's just Dan. <laughs> Between the, the diesel turbo and the 45-inch Swampers scream, and I'm sure it's a head-turner. I don't know which one's louder. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. So we're going to uh, we'll have to let's get together and check that thing out for sure one day here soon. For sure. Well, like I said, the goal for this summer is to use it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I know the feeling. Very sad. Hopefully we can go out together. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we're down. Is the ZJ still on the hoist yet? Uh, yeah, the uh, my parts have apparently been delayed by, I don't know. I'm not. I don't even know why. Probably because they're coming from China or something. So, uh, yeah, it's not done yet. Still up on the hoist. Okay, at least you still got motivation up there. Yeah. It's probably the worst time for the parts to not show up too, because you're gonna have a lot of free time at home to work on it. Yeah, I know. That's what I was planning on. I'm like, I got this time. I can work on it, and then. Uh, Parts are delayed, and local parts are hard to source, so yeah. I'm stuck right now. What are you waiting on? Uh, Pitman arm seal, like the lower one that goes on the sector shaft. Okay. I did the uh, PSE assist ram, and uh, oh. everything was working really well. And This was a, a newly rebuilt box, and uh, somehow something with a seal, I think maybe like a manufacturing issue, I don't know. Uh, and uh, it worked really good up until it didn't, and it puked all the fluid on the ground. So, Does yeah. that sound fun? No, no, uh, not good at all. It's it worked seal. really good up until it didn't. It is really the did. Cheap thing you can say. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it didn't even get off the hoist. That's the that's the worst <laughs> thing. I was just turning the wheel back and forth, you know, getting the air out of the system. Uh, fired it up, and as soon as it got pressure, it uh, yeah, it decided it didn't want to hold pressure back anymore. No mas. And boom, right on the ground. Oh, man. That's all right. We'll work it out. I, that thing's cursed. I've never had any luck with the steering at all. I think every time I've played with the steering, changed the steering, done anything with the steering, I've had some kind of issue. I don't think the steering wheel's ever been straight. Is it ever straight in any Jeep? <laughs> well, no, but I'd like to get it straighter than it was because well, Jim can attest to the fact that it was completely 180 out. <laughs> I was looking yeah, at the down. bottom of the wheel. <laughs> wow. Well, then I would hit a bump and it would change. And that probably wasn't good either. <laughs> so that that steering box was uh, due to be replaced. We were settling in. Yeah. So do you guys all, before, I think we're about uh, coming close to time. You guys want to, like, uh, got some sponsors, things you want to say thanks to yeah. and before we wrap yeah, it up? Yeah, absolutely. Um, first, you know, like... Jeepon would never succeed without all of the people who show up to the event and help us out. Um, first and foremost, our parents, absolutely. Martin and Robin, they are amazing. Um, for some reason, they never learned how to say no, and we are so glad about that. Um, and then, you know, um, the rest of our families and our friends, uh, our trail guides, we've got Sam Essie, Rob Angel, Chris Hatter, Ace Meadow, yes. Um, all of them are amazing, and I know for me, I met all of them through G-Bend. Um, you know, they were attendees first, and then they started helping us out. Um, I've known a few of them beforehand, but um, just a million times, thank you, thank you, thank you to them. And then absolutely to, you know, anyone who has loaned us photos and videos from the event, Josh McClare, who has um, 
shown up to create a video for us for the past two years. Um, Missy at the Trailhead Campground and Restaurant for letting us take over her space and for cooking amazing food for us and just making sure everyone's taken care of. Turtle Ridge Off-Road Park for letting us use their space um, and really trusting us to just be in there. And, and um, we love their off-road park. Super fun. Um, absolutely number one to us is Ace Engineering for being our title sponsor for this is their fifth year. Um, and just all help and support that they give us and just letting you know, being a sounding board for us and, and showing up and, and having a great time. Um, and then we've got a bunch of sponsors. I'm going to thank all of our 2019 sponsors um, who helped us out last year. Uh, Wicked Jeeps, Dana Spicer, JKS, Warren, Detroit Jeepers, Elegant Seagulls, Times Car Care, Rock Jock by John Curry, and Menard Mobile Tire and Wheel Service. Um, amazing sponsors. Quite a few of them actually come and attend the event as well. We really appreciate that. Um, we love all of them. And then I know there are so many other people that I'm forgetting. All of our returners and anyone else who's done anything to help us. We appreciate all of it. Yeah, and just to add in as one last you know, announcement, I would like to thank Jim and Jason of the Off-Road Garage podcast for having us. Oh, absolutely. That's our pleasure. Awesome. Thanks for being on. Yeah, thank you. Uh, it's been fun. I, I love talking about Jeeps, and I love talking to friends that we met through the Jeeping community, so it's it's been great. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll have to do it again. We'll have to uh, definitely, uh, maybe if it comes up a little closer, or we'll figure something out and uh we definitely want to get to get to check out the diesel jk in person maybe a post-quarantine walk around or something Ooh, there you go yeah that sounds good to me <laughs> <laughs> sounds good all right well that about wraps it up and we're out